Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. You're listening to The Source with Andrea Lawful Sanders on Word Radio. Streaming live on wordradio.com and the Word Radio app. Rachel Hannibal is a certified financial education instructor and founders of Missing Peace Financial Group. Rachel became debt-free, uh, paying off over $150,000 worth of debt. She also saved a year's worth of her income in cash, and her credit score is at 850. For the last 10 years, she has been a personal finance coach for adults, helping them to reach their short-term and long-term financial goals. Uh, and, you know, she's doing a whole lot of work here. So today, she and I, good morning, Rachel. How are you, my sister? I'm unstoppable. How are you? I, listen, so am I. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about the key differences between private banking and regular banking and the pros and cons of both. Good morning, my sister. Ah, good morning. Before so we I want get, to, hold on, my sister, because before we get started, I okay. want to. I, I, we were on break, and I was talking to you about something that you posted. Please address that post, please, and explain so that folk know, because people will look at you and say, "Oh, they got money, so let me just go ahead and borrow some money from them, knowing that they're not paying it back." So, talk about what you 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 wrote in that post, please. So, some years ago, I posted that. Um, that I was looking into the process of starting my own credit union for my people. Um, and that I always had this idea of being a bank for my people. I, I believe that we have enough, uh, here home and that we don't have to go outside of ourselves to get what we need. And I wanted to be an example of that. And so for the last two years, I have been a private investor. I have been a private lender um, for a lot of uh, small black owned businesses, specifically in my city in Philadelphia. Um, and uh, most of them went well. <laughs> um, I'm able to give my people better customer service. I'm able to give them better rates on their loans. I'm able to give them better payment options and all kinds of things. So um, a few places I've helped them be able to open their doors and be able to fund their business for a whole year or whatever it may be. So it's been different things. Some of them did not pay me back. <laughs> so I've had to go through the legal route. Um, to, uh, you know, try to get my money back or try to have conversations with people who came to me and asked me for, um, a loan to start their business or to flip this property or whatever it may be. Um, and so I was like, I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. Um, and so that post was just me because people send me all the time that they, they know that I do that. So they send other small businesses to me who need to update their products, who need investors and those kinds of things. And I just wanted to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm taking a break from lending right now um, because I need to rebuild. I lost a lot of money in this, in this time. Um, and so that was what the post was about. What do you want? What is the, what is the lesson that you learned from that? Because we try so hard to help our people the best way we know how to, um, and just some folks, no matter what you do. So what was the lesson that you learned from that? For me specifically, I learned that I can't be the only fool in your life. Um, if all the banks are denying you, why should it not, my love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't about to be the only fool, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but to also, um, the, the flip side of that is that... Um, God definitely sustained me during this time. And so there was that, like, I do want to be the example. I don't want to be the one just saying, but well, this is what we should do. And I've never done it. And so I can say that I've done it. 
And that although I think 20% of it didn't work out well, the 80 was so incredible. And I was able to sign some beautiful checks over, hand it over to some beautiful black people who still have flourishing businesses to this day. And so I'm excited about the 80%. So um, I, I'm riding with that. <laughs> and and the lesson that I learned in this is be willing to lose some equities, willing to lose some money. Because not everybody's going to do um, and, you know, um, and, and make them sign, Lord Jesus, you know, I'm sure you did all of that. I'm yeah. sure you did. But some people just, no matter what you do, they just yeah. go over there and do what they want to do. All right. So let's talk about the difference between what is private banking? All right. So private banking is kind of like a personal shopper for your bank, like at your bank. Right. So it is th- this private banker. You can get a one on one person that you call at your bank and they're assigned to handle all of your stuff. Right. They're assigned to they can pay bills for you. They're assigned to manage your wealth. They're assigned to, um, you know, move some things around in your account. Right. Mm-hmm. All those things right? you get a one on one person, you don't have to stay in line. None of that. Um, now it's for people who are wealthy, right? The, for the most part, the threshold is $750,000 of investable assets. So what is considered investable assets? That's anything in your bank accounts that you can get soon, right? Anything that's almost liquid too. So like your retirement accounts, your CDs, those kinds of things, anything that's liquid and almost liquid, um, would go into that total of investable assets. Now we do have smaller, I guess, a step down version of that. That's called like private client accounts. Mm -hmm. So it's really similar, but the threshold is less. It's about $150,000 on average. Right. Um, and so you don't have to worry about, Hey, I have this money, but the bank is only FDIC insured to $250,000. I have a million dollars. Most people have to split that up into all these different accounts. Well, if you have a private banking connection, you don't have to do that because the the insurance is higher on those particular accounts. So it's just like having a a person, a little friend at the bank where you can call uh, and get them to do all your all your legwork for you. Yeah. And 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 a regular banking. So give them the difference between you hit the nail on the head, by the so way. So the regular so banking. You, I know. Is just... I know you did your homework because you you, did, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head, Black Jesus. You know I All got right. you. So so and then regular banking is the, the regular person walking up to the bank. You know, yeah. putting a little money in. Uh, even if you have up to a hundred thousand more than that, and you just put it in different banking bank banks. Um, and your money is managed differently. Because what regular banking gives you is a smaller percentage versus the private banking who then invest your money and you get, you know, you get dividends at the end of the year, all sorts of things. Right. Um, and you're treated differently in private banking. Yes. Much different. Of course. Of course. So all them fees that you pay in regular banking, not in private banking. They yeah. just remove the fees. Don't worry about it. We'll remove mm-hmm. the fees. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing. Right. So with regular banking, you are, you're taking charge, you know, in these these last few months that I've been coming on here, encouraging everyone to take charge of their finances, pay attention to what's in your accounts. I don't care what your employer says, look at what you're like, you know, be hands on. And so that's what we are with the regular banking, whereas it's really hands off with the private banking. But here's the downside to that, right? Your private banker has invested interest. Because they're getting bonuses for every time they yeah. sign you up for something, right? Yeah. Every time a new product coming out, they are in these sales meetings talking about how they need to pitch it to you, right? How they need to get you to buy buy this and buy that. And 
people just sign on the dotted line. Sure. Yes. Sure. Sure. Without doing their research. Right. And so they're only giving you the choices that they benefit off of you being able to participate in. Whereas, again, I encourage everyone, do your research across the board. We need options. (laughs) I need to know all about options. And and you need to be able to say, no, no, thank you. Absolutely. deal with that. Absolutely. Very good, Rachel. Look at you and these will call the streets. <laughs> what, what else do people need to know about private banking versus regular banking? Well, I, one of the things is that the private banking is that you get to tell them your future goals. Like if you're using it for your business, you can tell them, hey, I want to grow my business to this amount in five years. or I want to buy a bigger building in 10 years, whatever it may be. Right. They can sit down and give you suggestions to say, hey, this is the best place to put your money. In the meantime, this is the best thing we can do with your money in the meantime. So by the time that 10 year comes, you'll be ready to buy that or whatever it is. I want to send my child to college. He'll be 16 at this in this year. How can I do that? Right. So they will do that for you. And they also do research on like if you want to buy a home, who has the cheapest interest rates? They do this legwork and stuff for you. So it's good. It's good. But again, you can do it yourself. Google is your friend. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Someone just texted me and said it brings to mind to them Wells Fargo, regular banking. They were opening up all these accounts of people in their names without people being aware, opening up credit cards that people didn't know that they had. All sorts of things were going on. How does one stay on top of this kind of stuff when these things are happening in the background and folks were not aware? We have to have to pull our credit report more often than we do. Mm. At the bottom, the last page of your credit report is going to have, well, second to last page, is going to have your hard inquiries and your soft inquiries. Soft inquiries are those little things that come in the mail to say, hey, you're pre-approved, you pre-qualified this. And it's also going to say, hey, Wells Fargo, open up this credit card, open up this account. Uh We don't look at our credit report half as often as we should. And we're doing ourselves a disservice without doing it. We need to know what's on there. I tell all of my clients, someone on the other side of the table should not know more about you than you know about yourself. yourself. Yes. So that's one way that we can um, get ahead of that for sure. Okay. In our community, we're afraid to open up and look at our credit report. (laughs) Listen, <laughs> you already know. Of course, you already know. So, what's the what? What can you offer to people? Like, so, let's say they open up their credit report and they see something that just you know sends them into a tailspin. Oh, that's why I can't get no car insurance because my credit <laughs> is two hundred and fifty. Uh, what can, what can they do when they see something on their credit report that makes no sense to them? How how do they challenge that? Well, for each one of each account on your credit report, there's an account number and there's a phone number and there's an address where you can contact these people directly. Like, I don't know, y'all. <laughs> this is new. This is breaking news. Give me information. Give me detail. Prove to me that this account is really mine. I need more information. This does not belong to me. This doesn't look familiar to me. Right. All that information is on there where you can contact them for free and get all that information directly. Um, and here's what I say about that. The fear is there. Get your tea, get your coffee, play your music, gospel, whatever it is you need to play. Go ahead and pull your credit report and your credit score because you not knowing about it is not going to change it at all. But you knowing about it is going to allow you to be able to know what to do to change it. But you ignoring it is not going to make it any better at all. Yeah. Wow. Girl, this is good tea. <laughs> this is good tea. And on that, can I say that um, annualcreditreport.com, the free 
full credit reports every week is going to run out December 31st of this year. So everyone on here needs to pull all three of their credit reports for free on that site before December 31st, because that law is going to run out. That was something they put in place for the pandemic. And it is uh, it is going to run out December 31st. All right. So uh, can you explain how charge offs work and the effect charge offs have on your credit report? So charge offs is basically the company saying, hey, we're tired of waiting for her to pay us. We are going to write it off of our books as a loss. Right now. Most cases, they'll sell it to a, you know, a third party who's going to try to, you know, get the money from you, but they've already sold it off as a law. So it's like, whatever, y'all figure it out. (laughs) That's between y'all, right? But that can definitely hurt you. Every time you go 30 days without paying something, you're losing some points. You're losing some points. Those charges off don't happen until after 180 day mark. So you got to miss 180 days before we get there. So that's, you already took a pretty big hit on your credit there. So um, you really want to go through contacting them if you want to get it off um, to see, hey, what can we settle for? Right. What can we settle for? If, if the bill is 200, hey, can we settle for 150? Can we settle for 125 so that you can give me a pay for delete to get this off of my credit? The sooner you can get it off, um, the faster it is. Most people want to wait it out to the seven years. Don't do that, y'all. Don't do that. <laughs> Does it really come off in seven years though? It, it can be resold or reopened to a new um, creditor and start, and it can start over. But again, seven years of bad credit is extremely expensive. And I'm, I promise you it's going to cost you way more than what that bill was. And so it's going to cost you way more in your insurance rates and credit cards and yes. trying to buy a car yes. and all those things, right? Everything. Right. Wow. Yep. Everything. Yep. It's not what worth do, it. What do we need to do to not be so fearful about credit? Um, because, you know, everybody goes through something where, you know, I, life happens to people. Right. And maybe a car was repossessed or couldn't afford to pay the student loans on time or couldn't afford to pay the credit card, whatever it is. Life happens to all of us. How do we get through that fear? Because I believe a lot more people, not just black folk, a lot of people feel this way, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you, you hear them talk about the financial uh, outlook of our country, how so many people are putting things on their credit cards, and it's just a lot going on out here. And people are fearful of, you know, how do I pay this stuff back? Because yeah. I needed it to buy food. I needed it to buy gas. I mean, whatever the thing is, and I don't have a job. How do we navigate through that? What is the best advice you have for them to talk to the credit card company or do they? Well, it depends on the situation. Everything is not is not one size fit all. So I, I never give out blanket statements in that way. It's not one size fit all. But I will say as far as the fear, it's really about changing your mindset. We have been conditioned to believe that the system is working against us and we have to let that go. Right. The system is working for us. The system is protecting us. The system is helping us. Right. I know your post about all the things you had to do to recover things from your phone, even though it was an inconvenience, it was a system put in place that to protect you. And yes. even though it, was a, it was a huge inconvenience to you and I get it. Yes. But at that time, you're grateful. Like, OK, if, this, if it's hard for me to get into it, I feel good about that. Even if it's an inconvenience. Yes. And we have to apply that same thing to the credit. We have to apply that same thing to our bankers. There are things put in place to work for us not against us just because it causes us inconvenience does not mean it's against us and then that opens you up to the fear 
And now I'm excited about the fact that there are things put in place to, to help me with my goals, to help me to protect me. Right now, I'm not running from it. I'm running towards it because I love that those things were put in place for me. So we have to change our mindset there. You're, you know, you're absolutely correct. The folks were fussing about something to do with Amazon, about uh, uh-huh. things being put on there. And I'm like, yo, just read the fine print. This wasn't somebody in your account. This was Amazon putting the spaces, the, 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 the things that they knew were close enough to you. You can go take it off if you want to. But here's the other thing. If you double authenticate your account, I'm telling you, Rachel, last night was hell. I went into my phone, Karen. They were like, ma'am, you have double authentication on here. So we need to know. I was like, I don't have it. It's everything is in my. So I had to run and get the iPad and all that stuff was on there. But it took hours, right? I had to change my password for the, because, you know, their phone's been stolen. They locked it down. I go over to the Apple store and they're like, we got a double auth, double, triple, quadruple authenticate. They were, and I was like, you know what? I feel better because yep. when I went and checked my credit cards and checked, my banks, everything was still in place because you couldn't get into it because yeah. there were so many protections in place for me to do. And I need people to, it, 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 you're right. You're right, Rachel. It feels like an inconvenience because every time I tried to use my accounts, they were like, well, your thing is double authenticated. Who, how do you want us to send you that this is you, right? Uh, <laughs> and they knew what was already on file. So if it's somebody, if it's another number, you can't get into it. Right. These, these are protections. And I would always say, I'm just going to let it go. So just go do what I have to do. Double authenticate so I can get into my account to do what I need to do. I was never more grateful for that than yeah. last night. Right. So even if they're able to open up the phone, they'll be like, well, we can't get, we can't get to nothing on here. She's that double authentication and the phone is now shut down. So it's a lot. But it, it, it works. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And my husband and I check our accounts all the time because you just never know. Sometimes my husband called and say, Wells Fargo. I was like, that bang. <laughs> Babe, <laughs> there's something on here that don't make no sense, but you have to, you have to literally be consistent in checking, um, and making sure that even when you pay your bills, because this happened with, Verizon with me, paid my bill on time and they were still sending me the same bill that I had already paid. And I was like, yo, here's the receipt. Here's the confirmation number. Why are you sending me this extra thing right here? And they had, they had to back off. So sometimes because we don't pay attention, we end up paying for more than we absolutely need to. Cause there's always somebody that's a slick can of oil out here trying to mm-hmm. take advantage. Mm-hmm. Rachel, you're awesome. It's the difference between the monster and the angel. We're scared of monsters. When it's an angel protecting, it's not. It's not a monster. You don't. Ha- There's no fear associated there. It's, it's 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 set up to help you. It's set up to serve you. Yeah, yeah. I thank you. Thank You're you. You're going to soar even higher than you have been. You keep doing this monthly segment here. Next thing you know, you'll be on CNN talking about this here thing. Oh, okay, I'm just and gonna I'm call a, it. In, I'm gonna shout you out and tag you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, listen, and that's the goal. The goal is to get you to a higher level, right? And so as, as each month as you come on, I saw that you were on Fox. Congratulations. We, we go into CNN. We go to, we're going to MSNBC. We're going to go to the money matters segment and you're going to be on there talking. Come on, honey. I'm, I'm declaring and decreeing it for you because you've done the work. You continue to do the work and you're, 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 uh, educating our people. And I appreciate you for that. Okay. Thank you for having me. Hugs, you're hugs, welcome. hugs. Love. Bye, honey, love. Happy year. See you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.